Welcome to the Pink Isle. My name is Henry Kathman, and joining me is Emma Corey. Hello, this is the ghost of Emma Corey. I, that seems like a very weird direction to suddenly put the podcast get in, it, Emma. Get it? Because we're, we're not in the same area, so it's like I'm a ghost, you know? I, I could guess. be dead this whole time. Well, I guess this will be a very interesting direction to head in because we are going through the secret door today uh with barbie's newest film uh 2015 barbie and the secret door new as in 2015 new can you believe 2015 was five years ago oh wait a minute i'm sorry 2014 so six can you believe yeah 2014 was six years ago (laughs) Feels like an eternity, but that's a very cliche term at this point. But yeah, it's, it is. Barbie and the Secret Door. It unfortunately is not a uh, Narnia adaptation, but. Could you imagine? You know, like. Would Barbie be like, would she be like the kids or would she be the Jesus lion? (laughs) Well, knowing uh these barbie movies it would be barbie and her sisters and i feel like barbie will be like instead of peter pervency like patricia or something like that. patricia uh yes yeah so i mean if we're being honest barbie and the pink shoes already was kind of a narnia story and i would be very much down for more stories in the style of that. Although I feel like what made Barbie and the Pink Shoes very enjoyable was just the sort of character dynamic and the fact that they did a really interesting coverage on the like different ballets that they did, but I don't know See, with this but one. this one is special because it has a fairy and a mermaid in and it. And a mermaid, yes. So they're just Hitting all them bases. You got the princesses, you got a fairy, and you got a mermaid. It's a tour de force. It truly is. But not only that, this Barbie is not just a princess, but she's a princess from a modern kingdom. Which means that not only do you get the standard fantasy dresses, you got modern dresses, you got the fairy dresses, you got the mermaid dresses, we got all the merch! It's kind of like Barbie, Mattel for this movie was like, why don't we just put like all of our gimmicks in one movie? Which I would not be surprised if that is how they were going to go about this one. But uh, yeah, this is also another musical at least from what I can see with the soundtrack. Yeah, they got, there are apparently seven original songs uh, written and produced by Gabriel Mann, who, he did all the music for Barbie and the Diamond Castle, so. Gabriel Mann, not to be confused with his wife, Gabriel Woman. <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know what to do with that joke, but yeah. <laughs> and his son, Gabriel Charles. Gabriel son- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, Emma. I don't know if you're looking through this merch page, but it is absolutely loaded. So they got a doll for Alexa. They got a doll for this girl- fairy named Nori, which we already had a mermaid named Nori, so that's a little bit of a... Do you expect any of these people have gone back and watched the previous films? They're like, we got to keep up our Barbie brand integrity. Perhaps. <laughs> and then you got like, uh, <laughs> I love how the wiki labels it because there's this mermaid uh, doll and below that named Romy. And below that there's, it's labeled another Romy basic doll, which is like, how many of these dolls have they been producing? People can't get enough of Romy. What can I say? I guess. And then he's a beloved character in the conscious she. minds of. She's a beloved character in the conscious minds of children. I suppose so. Right up there with the the ugly trolls from a uh, Fairytopia one. Oh god. <laughs> you know, I feel like we gave Bibble too much flack when those things were existing because those. Yeah. You know, Bibble has some class to him. Mm, I, I I might not like I Bibble, but far. I would respect him if I saw him. I would give him a respectful glance, but I would not approach him. All right, then. <laughs> well, at least with uh, this movie. So something that made this movie uh, very interesting compared to some of the past movies is that to my knowledge, this is the very first Barbie movie with a women director. Wow. This movie is directed by... It took by... them, like, five billion yeah. movies until they got to this point. Yeah! Really just nailed it by the 20th Barbie movie, huh, Mattel? They've had plenty of women writers, and they've had plenty of, like, uh, women producers, but directors? Nope. They have now given this movie to uh karen j floyd now she was actually uh a storyboard artist for a lot of these movies uh she did stuff for princess charm school princess and the pop star pearl princess even all the way back to uh princess and the popper so she clearly has a lot of experience with this and she even did like some uh storyboarding stuff for Ed, Ed, and Eddie and Rugrats, so... She's an alternate, she's an alternate universe Rebecca Sugar. <laughs> I guess? I I mean... Didn't Rebecca Sugar work on Ed, Ed, and Eddie? No, uh, Rebecca Sugar does have some involvement with Ed, Ed, and Eddie, but uh, it's because she uh, drew some erotic fan art of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Like, you can find Rebecca Sugar's old erotic fan art online. What? I don't... What is erotic about Ed, Ed, and Eddie? It's like the grossest show. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, it's, it's mostly understand. in rumors. There hasn't been any official confirmation, but uh, the... Like, Rebecca Sugar does have a history of... Uh, Erotic fan art. And who doesn't, really? There is a, uh, Rebecca Sugar, uh, Ratatouille, uh, 
Oh no. Fa- yeah. <laughs> we're uh you know we're, what? Uh... <laughs> uh, you know what? You don't have to explain. I can imagine in my head. It's all good. We can move on. Fair enough. So after thoroughly derailing this thing, yeah, Karen J. Lloyd has had a lot of history. This is her second director credit, and she's gone on to do uh, Barbie in Rock and Royals, as well as a TV movie called Enchantimals Finding Home and Ghost Patrol. So is that like is that like the All Dogs Go to Heaven sequel to Paw Patrol? <laughs> it's like all the, all the dogs they all they all died on the patrol, so now they're Ghost Paw Patrol. It, it mostly just seems like a direct-to-video movie, which, eh, yeah, she's mostly just done stuff for the Hatchimals TV series, which nice. There's work a Hatchimals TV guess. series. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's... Kids these days, they got everything. Yeah. Anyone interesting in the voice cast? Um, not really. Uh, I mean, we got Kelly Sheridan here, Ashley Ball, Tabitha St. Germain. I'm not seeing a certain, uh, voice actress here, so... Because you think this movie would be the, the obvious choice to have an evil magic lady in it, but... You would think that, but nope. Nowhere in sight. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Jonathan Holmes, who has starred in all three Norm of the North movies. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Apologies. Uh, all four Norm of the North movies. Is is he Norm of the North? No, he, he voices this character named Socrates. Oh, great. I'm not going to investigate that any further. Oh, also, uh, we have a new writer. On staff with this as well, we have uh, Brian Holfield, who has also done some, he's also done some consistent TV work since 1991. He wrote a movie called He Said, She Said, which it's a Kevin Bacon movie. A direct-to-video Kevin Bacon movie? I, maybe it's about these two journalists that work and fall in love, so standard romantic comedy stuff, but... He's oh, Kevin done more stuff. Yeah, he's yeah, and he's also done work for uh Transformers, uh My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, uh The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, which I am very much Oh my god! He wrote the screenplay for a bunch of the P- Winnie the Pooh movies, uh including uh A Very Merry Pooh Year, uh Piglet the Big Movie, uh Pooh's Half Love Adventure. Like yeah, did you like? Of... Did you watch a lot of those like direct to video Pooh Winnie the Pooh movies as a kid? I I ended up falling off after Piglet's big movie, but those are some movies that I don't know just have a propensity for making me cry. They do. They always like, like Winnie the, the Pooh Tigger movies. Movie? Oh yeah, Winnie the Pooh movies have their own like kind of vibes to them, sort of like relaxing, you know. I still hold that the 2012 Winnie the Pooh animated movie, or was it 2011? That is like one of Disney's best animated movies for me. It's got a really fun screenplay. It's really captures the characters. It's got a really great, like one of the last 2D animated 
Disney features, so it's got that sort of thing. But did I don't know. you ever did you ever watch Goodbye Christopher Robin? No, I haven't watched Goodbye Christopher Robin nor the other uh, Christopher Robin Winnie the Pooh adult. Well, that other one, that's like a bio- biographical film. Yeah. But Goodbye Christopher yeah. Robin, not really an amazing film, but it does have like a couple scenes that even me was like, okay, this is some prime tearjerker material. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you're like, uh, ever feel kind of like nostalgic for like childhood and like, I don't know. It just, I would check it out. I think you'd like it. That's fair. Well, we've certainly spent uh, yeah, a whole we're, lot we're of time about not talking about this movie. Door. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like we've 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 watched so many of these Barbie movies. Like you kind of run out of things to say after a while. At least for the intro. I suppose so. I mean, yeah. all we know is it's another Barbie movie. We don't really know much about it. We haven't seen it, and now we're gonna watch it for y'all's listening pleasure. Yeah, maybe it'll be decent maybe it'll be bad it'll probably not be super good but you know i feel like you've won't be the grown worst quite thing pessimistic about well i don't barbie. i try not to be pessimistic i try to like find stuff i can enjoy in each of these movies and i enjoy That's analyzing fair. them it's just you know yeah you know you occasionally get some gems but especially for the like more recent ones you know, when you don't have, like, those, like, nostalgia goggles, you kind of... That's true. That's you kind of run out of things to say, but, you know, we'll have to just see how this movie is. Well, I guess the only way to find out is by us also journeying through the secret door with Barbie. From the new Barbie and the Secret Door DVD, what's behind the secret door? A beautiful kingdom is losing its magic. Will the unicorn survive? Can the friends save the magic? Then Princess Alexa discovers... The fairy gets her wings back. The mermaid gets back her tail. We save the kingdom. Dolls and Unicorn each sold separately. Barbie and the Secret Door. You can own it on Blu-ray and DVD September 16th. Anything is possible. And we're back. So, uh, that movie was worse than I expected it to be. It was so much worse than I expected. Um, I, like, here's the thing, listener. I didn't really talk about this with you, Emma, but when looking at this movie, the reviews for this were pretty harsh. A lot of people were talking about how unlikable the protagonist was, how garish the colors were, and like many things, I was assuming that this had to do mostly with the backlash to more of these modern Barbie movies, because there are some legit gems in some of the modern Barbie movies. Like, I saw some pretty negative press behind uh, Barbie and the Pink Shoes, and that's actually gotten up to be one of the favorites for me but but no this one is uh this is bad yeah um like not even just like in terms of like it has the worst things in it more than it has the least amount of good things in it honestly yeah like just like because like this should be like gold you know you got a fairy you got a mermaid you got a princess 
But somehow uh-huh. they managed to make it, like, really kind of boring and unfocused. And the whole thing, like, the plot is so paper thin that, like, most of the movie is just, like, padding. So it's, like... Here's what I think happened. I think that when they rolled up on this movie and they stepped up to... uh Okay, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the the wiki entry for this. I, I'm to slightly derail this. You know what they classified the genre of the soundtrack to this movie? What? Blue and cools. Hey Mattel. Hey Mattel. Isn't that like what a, a, a beer? A brand of beer? Like, are they implying that this thing has elements of the blues? Like what? I assume not, because there is nothing resembling that of the sorts in this movie. Okay, yeah, but no, to your point, yeah, this is, oof, this is a rough one, listener. Like, it's telling that this is Karen J. Lloyd's and Brian Holfield's, like, first, like, crack at this. I get the sense that they were sort of tasked with making this movie and... Um, probably because they had another movie from this year already released and they're like alright we need another movie with a princess and a fairy we don't care what happens in the plot you gotta include this checklist as long as these things are there we don't care what you make and they were probably just like there's gotta be a fairy there's gotta be a mermaid in it there's gotta be a princess element and there's gotta be a unicorn and, like, uh, it very much felt like a Poochie situation where they were just like, Let, we got to shove in all the things in order to hit off all of the focus groups. And But they don't really need anything to tie it together or create any kind of real narrative. It's just hey, a hey, super it, it, generic... Yeah. Uh, super special person goes to a thing and defeats a villain and uh not much anything there thematic or interesting or just kind of a this movie made me feel sad really the more i reflect on it i'm like man they just really did, didn't really feel like they really tried with this one. Like, on one hand, I do, I don't want to steep to the level. I want to put some genuine effort into the analysis of this movie. But, but another part of me is like, ah, oh, jeez. Like, I don't know how long I want to talk about this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Why don't we actually start off by saying, like, can you think of any element of this movie that you thought was decent um honestly the villain was kind of fun just for her whole like gimmick thing yes like, she was probably the funnest character in the movie yeah that's fair i i think i'll agree with you there there are elements of her character that are a little bit jarring which we'll get to later but i think that's probably if there is a positive quality to glean from this, that is probably that. Yeah, and I think I kind of had a revelation. I think as we watch this, I feel like I've seen like 
parts of this on TV at some point. Really? Like, I remember, like, the child tyrant character thing. So that's, like, the one thing I remembered. So I think I might have, like, seen at least parts of this movie before. I mean, you say that, but part of me has the suspicion that, like, the whole child tyrant uh, archetype that our villain is fulfilling, that it feels like something that you could pick and choose from any other sort of fantasy story. I yeah, believe but you. not in the Barbie movies, though. That's fair, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know, this is... Yeah, this is a thing. So, I think the first thing we need to talk about with this movie is that it's a musical. And as we mentioned, we have the same producer who did the music for Diamond Castle. And the Diamond Castle soundtrack, obviously not as good as Island Princess or... Uh, yeah, and the Popper, I do. I do really miss those like classic Broadway style ones they had early on. Yes, since yeah. most musicals after this have had a really kind of generic pop sound, and this one might be the oh most generic sounding one yet. Because essentially, you get like essentially four songs in this movie, but one song that gets repeated like three times. <laughs> And yep. they aren't like short reprises. They're no. like long, three they minute long song sequences. Out. Yeah, I. Oh my god! Like there is very, very little that happens in this movie because there's so much just like fluff. Yeah, yeah. Like I, ex- forty five minutes into the movie, I, like we had to pause to take a bathroom break and. We were shocked that the movie was over halfway over because nothing had happened. There's nothing. No, you think like a movie like about going to a fantasy world would involve some kind of exploration or journey or something, but something like that. In this movie, it seems like everything is very close together, and our protagonists just go to one place very easily and then go to the other place. Like there's essentially just like three locations in this fantasy world and it's a uh... yeah 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 so... anyway let's talk about how this movie begins so the movie starts with this shy princess named alexa and right off the bat see, like the opening she's shot she's in oh go ahead right off the bat the opening shots of this movie already have very disturbing implications because you see this very Downton Abbey looking palace and in the background across this giant lake is this very modern looking city and already I'm getting flashbacks yeah, to Princess Charm School. Yeah, uh, modern day monarchy situation. Yeah. And so we get our protagonist Princess Alexa and the whole thing is like she's not confident enough and she just wants to stay inside her room and read books all day yeah she's just like you <laughs> i don't know i feel like that's even i mean that's a she was kind of, of ahead of her time just staying inside all the time you know <laughs> oh she knew what was oh, up oh oh i'm not gonna <laughs> touch that one but yeah alexa i don't know She's definitely now up there in terms of blandest Barbie protagonist. 
I mean, I think she's better than Pearl Princess protagonist because at least they try to give her an, an arc, arc. I guess it's not good. It's but not she a is good arc. Fair one enough. of the more uh, just kind of like, oh, poor you. You're so privileged, and you get all this nice stuff, oh, and you're yeah. great at everything. But oh, yeah. oh no, I'm t- I'm introverted. <sighs> It's real hard to be a princess. I have to give a speech to the equestrians and have to talk to a prince. I gotta do a dance and I gotta show my face in public occasionally. Oh, how... I would rather just squander away the publicly given resources that my family gets through. No real merit of our own. Just, uh... Antiquated... Form of governance, I guess. I guess we're gonna be expected to have her be a queen one day, be a big old ruler. Hey, she uh, uh she uh, she used magic and saved that magic world through her uh, earned well, we'll skills. Get, we'll so get, she's gonna be good. We'll at, get uh, to that. Their, her magic, but yeah. So already off the bat, that's. Our complaining is already a pretty good summary of who her character is. She's she has royal duties and she has to do dances and all that stuff, but she's not confident. And even during their dance routine, she ends up spraining the ankle of her dance instructor. Yeah, her like weird uh, Monty Python looking dance instructor. And she also has some uh, random yeah, friends, but they're I- not important. But they do know how to do topical Fortnite dances, so... Uh... Oh my god. Yeah, so they they keep trying to do this fun dance routine that they choreograph themselves, and it's most improper. I can't even conjure up the enthusiasm to do that fake British accent to talk about how improper they are. But, yeah, Alexa's sad... So her grandma talks to her. And she's like, why don't you read this special book that's definitely not some kind of magic thing that I have for unexplainable reasons that will send you on a journey to teach you a lesson. But yeah, it's a magic book. We actually glossed over that first song that happened. Do we even need to go into detail about each of these? It's just uh, she has... She has two I want songs in this movie yeah, for some reason. Howard Ashman, this is not. So, yeah, yeah, so we get her first one where she's just talking about, I just want to stay inside and yeah, wait for things. And read books. And then after she, and after she gets the magic book, she's like, I want magic. Yeah. And this is... This let me let us describe this song sequence. It starts out and she keeps on conjuring like these uh clip art images <laughs> about all the things she would want to do. She would want to do like get an endless supply of books and have her bed made every day. And it's like you're the princess? Isn't that already a thing? What if I had more things to make me happy? Yeah. What if I was more privileged? Wow. Yes. Wow, indeed. Yeah, and uh, the the lyrics are not good in any of these songs, really. The chorus, and I'ma just, you know what I'ma do? I'ma gonna, I'm gonna pull up the lyrics 
to this song. And because listener, I need to properly communicate just like how complex, how nuanced and layered the different uh the different lyrics are. Yeah. Stefan Sondheim, who I'd always find my groove, feel the beat now, and with the spotlight on, I'd twirl perfectly. If I had magic magic, if I had magic magic. It's like it's different from regular magic, it's a uh, magic magic. It's like the next level up. <laughs> you know you know it's those second level spell slots. Yeah. That's how magic works, and then like a ninth level spell slot is a magic, 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 <laughs> magic, magic, magic. That's yeah. how you know it's the most powerful. Just if she had magic, she'd do all the things. If I had magic, I would end world poverty, nah. destroy disease. Nah. Uh, it's um. Help find out what happened to uh. uh that one guy that jumped out of the plane. What was he <laughs> called again? I I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, the people who know will know. Okay. Find out who really... Find out if that one lady from Tiger King actually... If she really killed her husband. <laughs> if Carol Baskin did it. Yeah, that's gonna date little bit of a timestamp for when this is being recorded, oh, yeah. listener. I can't wait until, like, a year from now when, like, Tiger King references become so overdone, it's, like, becomes very annoying. <laughs> but, yeah, after she does her clip art-laden song, she finds the aforementioned secret door! And uh, the secret door looks like something door. that would be, like, painted on velvet yeah i don't know I, you would you know maybe i was maybe i was expecting something different with a title like a secret door but i was expecting like a whole like to your point earlier like a narnia situation where she's like oh do i stay in this magical world or do i choose the real world like, I mean, they're pretty much at the end of the movie. They're like, she can just go there whenever, so it yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's another problem. This movie has a stakes, like a lack of stakes. Very, very low. Which, yeah. like, you know, you can make a low stakes movie that's like interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, but arguably, uh, this... movies like Princess and the Popper or The Pink Shoes were low stakes. I mean, Princess and the Popper has a, like a murder subplot. Okay, so... yeah, fair enough. But like, yeah, I mean, the worst case scenario in Princess and the Popper is Preminger is the king, and like, honestly, that would be the best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, we should do go ahead. She goes into it Magic and immediately door. gets a fancy dress transformation sequence. Yeah, she ends up looking like an extra from Greece. Yeah, and why don't we describe the look of this uh, fantasy world? I'd say it kind of looks like if you got like the 2010 Tim Burton uh, Alice in Wonderland movie and like put like a pastel color palette on top of it. You'd get the look of this movie. Oh, oh my god. I was gonna say, uh, initially, yeah, but as we watched more, 
the vibe I more got was the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie. It's similar. Or, I don't or know. Or it kind of looks like that uh, live-action Cat in the Hat movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There is a certain essentially very garish, bright pastel colors. Mm-hmm. It. Uh, oh God. Oh God. It reminds me of the Lorax. God damn it. <laughs> How bad can it be? Off, f- you. God, I'm sorry, <laughs> listener. I I hate that movie so much. I'm mm, mm. so she's she's just <laughs> so she's journeying throughout this magic world, and she encounters first these horrifying little creatures. They're like monkeys with springs on their asses, and they, uh... Yeah! Every time they ended up on screen, I just wanted them to die. They were the worst! (laughs) They looked like draft one of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Tigger infused in their DNA. I hated them! The creature design in this movie is, uh... How you say, uh, not good. As I described them, it looked like... The, uh, we're trying to go for, like, a, you know, a DreamWorks sassy animal look and try to apply them to these fantastical creatures. They look like those aliens from that movie Home. Mm, With Rihanna. Yeah. And Bazinga Man. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like that was the goal in terms of what they were trying to design them to be like, but what they ended up was... They ended up looking like rejected spore creations. Oh yeah, all the creatures here look like weird spore people. Yep, no jam here to save our souls. Everyone, everyone in this world is either just like a skinny pretty lady or a weird gremlin. Yeah, and... That's the two genders in this world. Yeah, and w- there's a throwaway line that I might as well mention now where uh barbie's like it'll be just like that story about the boy in the magic carpet and one girl and one person's like what's a carpet and the other's like what's a boy which because apparently there are no male fairies or male mermaids in this universe even though there's a distinct king later but uh, i'm I'm not but he's not a fairy or a mermaid he's just a a guy, I guess, who gets to rule. Yeah. So, anyway, they, we see these weird creatures, and then suddenly someone fires an arrow at her, which aim, aim better next time, but uh, alongside that, she <laughs> ends up meeting there are these two girls. One is named Nori, and the other is Romy or Rami and so it's it's a Rami Malik oh god God. (laughs) could you imagine could you imagine (laughs) oh I Barbie as Mrs. Robot (laughs) (laughs) I've watched oh my god a hacker Barbie movie gosh darn it I mean, there's a Barbie video game movie, yes. so maybe she's a hacker in that one. Ooh, ooh! Don't, don't, don't give me hope, Emma. 
Do you think she does the thing where she like taps on the keys and she's like, I'm in? <sighs> Guess we'll have to see when we watch that movie. So Romy and Nori explain that they used to be a uh, mermaid and fairy respectively, but their magic yeah, uh... was taken away from them by the, our villain for this movie, Princess Melusia. Yeah, and so we got, uh, let's describe these characters. We got Nori, who's the fairy, and she's, like, the sensible, responsible one. Yep. And then, uh, Rami is, like, the quirky, weird one. And she's clumsy. Uh-oh. Yeah. Bazinga. And it's weird, because they give Romy a bow and arrow, and you would think that that would factor more in the movie. Like, I was very much down for, like, all right, hell yeah, warrior princess background character. Sure, I'm down, but no. Like, it's 2014. Hunger Games, like, giving girls bows was a very, like... She does never successfully hit anything. No. So. Oh, Which, that's another oh thing. Oh, God, that... That kind of... Uh, that was probably oh another God. checklist by the executives. They're like, hey, we gotta give one of these girls a bow, because... Our demographics say that we need more girl toys to have bows because we got brave. We got the Hunger Games. It's it's what's in, baby. All right, cool. She never actually gets to do anything cool. No, but the important thing is that she is holding it. Oh, God. And that's the thing that kind of baffles. So this whole gimmick of this movie is that you got like a fairy and a mermaid character, but they're not a fairy or mermaid for most of the movie. They're just human for most yep. of it. So it's like, what was the point? Like I said, Why? they probably had that checklist that probably necessitated yeah. that. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Why don't we talk about the song they sing when they meet uh, Princess Alexa? I am glad you bring that up. So listen, there's something that you'll have to understand is that literally all the songs in this have this very upbeat poppy thing and they have very simplistic lyrics at best they got choreography straight out of a middle school dance oh yeah like you could they're gonna do the cupid shuffle and the cha-cha slide right at you do i would not be surprised if this exact choreography has been seen in some type of a tiktok like it is that's the sort of level where di- actually that's a little bit of an insult to some of the dancers on tiktok because there are some people there are some legit good dancers on there but it's i'm speaking as the general uh as someone who's been uh subjected to a lot of rich white kid tiktok also the way they transition to songs in this movie is very abrupt oh not it is very, uh... like that yeah it's like we're talking and oh here's here's here a song a song yep like this is the sort of thing where i feel like when it comes to a standard of a musical like when a musical is at its worst it ends up being sort of the example of everything that people hate about musicals the sudden song the inexplicable choreography the weird upbeat attitudes this is the sort of thing that a lot of people deride traditional musicals about at least in the example of this song they start off relatively subdued talking about how like oh our magic was taken away 
But now, but then they suddenly are like, Get, but you're here, you're here. And they end up getting like real up in her face and really enthusiastic. And it's honestly off-putting and kind of horrifying. And listener, I am like this song made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, if you haven't gotten it, the thing with this song is apparently because Alexa is a princess, she has special magical powers. I guess just by virtue of being a princess, even though she's from a different world or whatever, she has magic powers that are going to stop the evil princess. So, yeah, she just she just has powers because she because her because her relatives affect their cousins, she has magic, so, you know, good for her. Yeah, so we cut back to, uh, oh, wait a minute. Before we cut away, so apparently there are these two things called sniffers that are coming to sniff out magic, and, uh, they're just as horrifying as the other creatures in this goddamn movie only these ones have a wacky comedy routine yeah their routine is that they're mean to each other but they're also brothers and they're like mother didn't love you (laughs) which uh (laughs) that's a that's a take movie yeah but their whole thing is that they smell magic but uh, Nori is able to get them off their trail by like throwing down some flowers. So crisis I guess. averted. Yeah. Oh my god. So because of that, after throwing the stank weed on them, that dank Kush, um, <laughs> they escape up to their. It really is, though. <laughs> They're all like, that's the stinky... <laughs> it, it's literally called stenchweed. That's... that Brother, look, it's the good kush. We're in the enchanted forest. This... How good can it be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my and... God. So they escape into their secret grove. It's a floating aisle where... By the way... Did you ever pick up on the name of this kingdom? Nope. It's called Zinnia. Good for them. Yeah, and apparently this is just where all the citizens of Zinnia are hiding from their ruler. Yeah, it's like a nutcracker situation where they're like, we got the whole village and it's like five people. Okay. Okay, yeah, where did you... But at least in Nutcracker, we saw like a destroyed village but in this one it's like also nutcracker had the excuse that it was like 2000 yes well we also had captain candy and his uh special twink friends so oh yeah Uh, better Uh, times those were yeah they explained that oh this is a sacred grove where we protect the last three unicorns and meanwhile, the most powerful unicorn, the queen unicorn, is hidden in another part of the forest. And apparently, the evil Princess Minutia, she wants the unicorns so that she can have all the magic for herself because she was born without magic. And you'd think that 
this would be used to be like a whole like, oh, that's okay. I used to think I was not special as well. Like thinking that this was some type of like redemption arc. You think or this like, might have been trying to set up some kind of like parallel or have them being foils to them. But that would uh, uh, need yeah, more than like 10 minutes of effort. So uh, instead we get this whole thing where the prin the princess is evil because... She was born without magic, and born only without magic. good people get magic, or like, I guess. or because she wasn't born with magic that made her she evil, or she, because yeah. she was evil, she didn't have magic. She was just born that way, way baby. It's, it's, it's stupid, but we meet our villain, and her whole thing is that she's like an evil child. Yeah, which is, uh, <laughs> just an evil old gremlin, just... Yeah, she's just a, she's essentially just a Veruca Salt from Willy Wonka mixed with the villain from Cats Don't Dance. Oh my god, yeah. Even that entrance, like, the I will say the one, there was a part where, like, her henchmen were coming in and she's in, like, this darkly lit, lit room and we see her outline and she looks really big and tall, but... Apparently she just sits on this weird throne where there's like a curtain with her dress that makes her look taller. I don't know. Yeah, oh. and uh, the whole thing with this character, she's way more cartoony than like all the other kind of humanoid characters. She's one of those like a uh, big-headed baby w looking characters they have in these movies. Yeah, and but she, she's evil. She's evil. And because of that there's a really weird dissonance in terms of how the characters are designed which is greatly uh increased with this scene because there are Oh my god. So there's a little fairy named Nola. She doesn't have a personality. She doesn't really matter. But she is captured by the Trogs, who are Melusha's guards, who... Who are, like, these, like, big blue... blue-looking dudes. Blue-looking dudes a, with, like, yellow swirls on them, and they just... They kind of have the face of, like, a DreamWorks uh, animal. Yeah, so. like, these things look so unappealing. Like, I guarantee... Like... I would be very surprised and if anyone all, is... And they're all British. Oh, yeah. You know, I would be... These things look so unappealing. I would be very surprised if anyone has drawn erotic furry art for them. <laughs> oh, God. Because... Oh, my God. But anyway, this, this fairy named Nola, she's very much like a the normal type of model you would see with a like your your skipper or kelly type girl like she's like a child version of barbie and she's proportioned as such but she's put in direct contrast with uh melusia and the more cartoony proportions of melusia clash with these very realistically portioned character yeah, it's kind of weird that, like, everyone in this kingdom is, like, weird gremlin characters except for all the Barbies who are just, like... Yeah. Ladies. <laughs> like, They're you know? just regular ladies. Yep. But apparently Nola knows 
about the location of the queen unicorn and because of that Melusia has her song where she wants she wants it all baby she's just talking about how the standard mine 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 song yeah and because probably of that, the best song in this show to be honest i mean that the bar is very low i guess i'm hesitant to agree but, I mean, uh, I always like a good villain song, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess because, like, all the other songs are just kind of bland, uh, I want true. pop songs. At least this one has a different sound to it. Fair enough. So It, it is certainly the most traditional type musical number with this. Yeah. yeah, but we get that. And we essentially, so, Malusha has been using this uh, staff she has... Which apparently I think she, like, doesn't naturally have magic, but she has a magic staff. But she uses that to, like, suck the magic out of, like, the mermaids yeah, and fairies. Yeah, that's and it how takes she's their able to use her magic. Tails. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. after this, uh, so we established that, um, I don't think we talked about this, but Alexa, when she had her dress transformation sequence, like, in her hair, she found, like, a magic wand. Yep. And she can use that to do magic, so... Yeah, and what happens is, like, the reason why uh, Nori and uh, Rami are so excited is because she, they think that she can use that magic to help them turn back into their normal forms. And, listener, if it feels like we are going through this movie very slow this is the halfway point of the movie yeah like nothing happens here like okay so after alexa discovers that she can do magic essentially without any effort at all yeah because she's that special yeah she just she gets A another reprise of her i want magic magic song and everyone's just dancing along and it's yeah with some da- background dancers so we get the same song and it's not same just song. like a it's not just like a reprise where it's just like a minute. No, it's like another like full length song sequence of the same song. Yeah. In the middle of this movie. Yeah. Where she's just fucking around and, and it's and like, it's God. like wasn't there stakes to this? Wasn't there like a princess you needed to overthrow? Like what what are you doing, my dude? But because of that, they cut back to the cat after they have that little sequence. They cut back to the castle, and um, Melusia decides to release Nola and dis- in order to follow her back to the forest. And it is at that point where the two sniffers come back, and they apparently found a map to the grove. They just found it. They just somewhere. found it. A grove to where the queen unicorn is, and it's just like, yeah. Cause where this was this map? There's like, a, there's a queen unicorn that she hasn't found that she wants to take the yeah. magic of it. Yeah. You know, like, like who? Like, where did you find this map, Sniffers? Like, what? What is the purpose of that? It's like, what? And don't you know they can also sniff maps? I guess. That's in their power list. Oh, God. It's like how, how like, some fandoms will have those, like, super detailed wikis, and they would just be like, in list of powers, one, 
can smell magic. Two. Two. Can smell weed. <laughs> Three. Can smell maps. You know. These are the known abilities of the sniffers. You know, I'd say that's a pretty lame superpower, but I don't know. I've. I, have you heard of Combo Man? Yeah. So. The, uh, um, I have not. <laughs> It, it was Does this, he make it was a Marvel superhero where this dude becomes Let me a, assume can he can he make uh, the combo snacks appear like those little like cheese No, he gets things? his powers from eating combos. Oh. Yeah, I was joking. Listener, I didn't know it actually wanna, would be combo no, related. Yeah, it is actually combo related. Listener, if you want to see the lamest of lame, just do a quick Google on Combo Man. You will not be disappointed. I mean, combos are bomb, though, so... I mean. <laughs> it's been such a long time, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> my God. So, they decide to fly off to go save the unicorn because Nola comes back after she dismays of having to walk because she doesn't have wings, which... I'm, Even though apparently everything is within like a five minute yes, walking distance from the everywhere. geography of this world is so just like you get the impression that the poor background artists were like we they were so crunched on making environments they're like okay what if we just made this one single environment yeah sure fine we'll do that and they get their mileage out of that environment I guess yeah so because pretty much all we have is the grove and the castle and nothing much and else the real world but yeah, yeah nothing which honestly the real world looks like better rendered than the fantasy yeah world, to be i don't maybe it's because it's just because they have those realistic textures and like with it's a little bit easier to make something like regular grass look better versus something yeah, I you know. have it's to... just like it's just kind of sad when like the real world is more visually appealing than like the fantasy world i don't know yeah yeah they i would i should definitely look into seeing what the concept art for this movie looked like because that's probably there uh emma i'm gonna have to like send you a some of the this concept art because like the concept art for the real world versus the uh, fantasy world, oof, it is night and day. Because, listener, the way I described it while we were watching the movie is that this thing looks pretty much exactly like, you know those matte paintings in the Nutcracker movie? This is like that if they actually made those things 3D. Yeah. Okay. But, like, I don't know. I don't remember Nutcracker. Or maybe, like, I just forgave Nutcracker more because it was so, like, early. Like Perhaps. Perhaps. So, with that said, um, they journey off to go visit the Queen Unicorn. And they find the grove by jerking off some branches and that produces a portal. <laughs> yeah. Like... No, listener, I am not being facetious here. They just... A, a thing that happens is that they just touch some random tree branches and that 
causes things like portals to appear, like ropes to the top of a tree to appear. It's it's a thing and it's weird. I don't know. But they arrive at the grove and oh yeah, and they get there because uh, Alexa is able to make a lily pad levitate and they go all magic carpet ride on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, if there was anything that was oh what? We almost forgot what? while they were flying there, like uh, Nori did make the comment. Oh, it's like it's almost as good as wings. I'm queen of the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very topical. Hey, Titanic is an eternal movie. As as I mean, I Ceiling Dion always said. The heart will go on near you say that. far. I do. Wherever okay. <laughs> you are. You say that, but I unironically enjoy Titanic. Like, that movie has its haters. Everyone unironically enjoys Titanic. Oh, tell that to the IMDb message boards. Oh. Well, yeah. they live in their own world, okay? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, and sure enough, it turns out, like, Malusha, I guess points to her, she's d actually, even though she's a child, she is probably more competent. Like, she follows Nola back, and she's able to find the Sacred Grove. Which, I don't know if that's more of a testament to her cunning, or the stupidity of these other uh, citizens of Zinnia. Well, you know, it's not like the consequences are that bad, really. Yeah, so. I guess. But so because of that, when so they just meet with the Queen Unicorn, and the Queen Unicorn just lets Alexa ride her, but not the others. Because Alexa <laughs> is, because she got that special blood, she deserves special treatment, don't you yeah. see? Yeah. Yeah. So they end up getting back to the grove, and oh, Lucia's there, and they have a little spat, but oh no, uh, they end up having a really lame wizard battle where she's firing off her magic beams, and we we did have a villain with the return of the magic yeah, beams. Yeah, I guess one. points to them. It's at, at least not like an evil older woman that was scorned. It's a child, which. A child woman that was scorned. I mean, she doesn't come off as scorned. It's more that she's just spoiled. Yeah, but anyway, they made it, they very easily capture the unicorn. Yeah. And, and uh, Alexa just and, runs uh, back to the entrance for. Well, like before that, so first of all, we got uh, Rick. Romy, who, despite having a bow and arrow, does not immediately just, like, shoot one in the heart <laughs> of, uh, Princess yeah, Malusha. She, she fires off one, which is immediately disintegrated, and that's the last time we get to see her use the bow yeah, and arrow in this movie. Just... But, essentially, Alexa is hightailing it, and, uh, Malusha, seeing that she also has magic, tries to take the magic from her, but it's, like, too much so she decides to stop and 
Alexa just kind of straight up abandons her friends to get the hell out of there, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she's about to get out of Dodge, but all in like this moment is to be somewhat expected in a movie like this. You know, it's the whole the temptation, the hero's journey type thing. But like usually this is like some sort of thing that's to be a testament to like her actual development. I don't know. It's just funny to me that she was just like thinking about just like leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I think what makes it <laughs> like, more funny know. is that like the thing that made her resolve to stay is her just like looking back and just silently nodding and turning around and running. No like monologue, no song or anything like that. Like I suddenly care about this thing that only exists to validate me. Yeah, I I I'm suddenly cognizant of my actual responsibilities i guess except not really she never acknowledges her responsibilities in this yeah but anyway she goes back to the grove everyone's and of course, lost their tails and since wins. uh yeah because uh, so they come up with a plan nori and rami were captured they found them it, except for like the unicorns, which apparently she just couldn't take their her their magic there. She had to like take them to the palace for some reason. Despite she was able to just wipe everyone else there on the spot, but you know, I guess we gotta have to find a reason for everyone to go to the palace. So, and of course, uh, Ro- Romy and uh, Nori don't seem at all upset that their new friend just abandoned them to the troll no. people. So. No, they just, they were just like, oh, we thought you got away. No, I'm going to fight. And they treat that it's like even It's even funnier that they just expected her to abandon all of them. <laughs> like, yeah, this is, this is, this is just what we expected of you, to be honest. Yeah. And they wouldn't even seem embittered by something like that. Like, it felt like they could have, like, built up that sort of conflict. You see, that would have to, that would require some kind of, like, interpersonal conflict between characters. But, uh... Internal struggles. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's for a different movie, I suppose. I suppose so. But I guess it's time for them to storm the castle. Where yep, the, Princess Melusha is taking all the magic from yeah. the unicorns. And she's like, finally, I have all of the magics. But then, yeah. like, Nori and Rami are like, oh, no, I guess she does have all the magic. Except for, because like, the obvious example of the other person they know that's with them that still has magic. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I guess it's... It's scary because now all the color is being drained out from Zinnia. Now and... it's really becoming Timber and Alice yeah. in Wonderland. Yeah. Get get your Danny Elfman score ready. Get I your mean, Johnny Depp's. That's well, the... actually, to your point, this could not be a Tim Burton thing because there are way too many people of color in <laughs> this movie. Yeah, mm. none of them get to speak though. So, well, I mean, she has her one friend in the real universe. Yeah, but... so that's that's a couple more than a bunch of Tim Burns movies. Yay. That's all I'm saying, but uh, hmm. so yeah, but with all the magic, that and 
so they go off to fight Melusia, and she chains them all up. And I guess the solution to this is that in that Alexa's, it's just the lamest wizard duel. Where it's all very it is boring. Is, it is it's got to so be up boring. there with the aerial fight from Fairytopia 1 for boring action sequences in these movies. Yeah, but at least it's like, I don't know, at least like the flight element added some dimension to that. But with this, it's just like... Magic beams. Yeah. And she just kind of like... She doesn't even get to do any cool magic. She just, like, blocks stuff and stands there. Yeah, and the way that she actually defeats her is not by doing anything active, is to just, like, passively let her absorb her magic because she realizes that if she absorbs all that magic, it will cause the scepter to explode. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, during before this, she brings out the sniffers again, and they're like, "She's the most magical thing ever." Yeah, so, just gotta, just gotta keep gotta on hammer, hammer it, hammer it in. Just how special she's so Barbie is. goddamn special. <sighs> Cause she's royal. Cause she's royal, and magic, but, magic. Yes. Yeah, she's she's magic. Uh, magic plus. Yeah. So, because of that, Scepter explodes, magic returns to the whole kingdom, and we get another transformation sequence with Alexa. She's now... She gets a new prom dress out of it, so... Yeah. I I, I mean, actually, to your point, it, it didn't so much read like a prom dress to me. It was more like a beauty pageant dress. I don't know. Like, something about, like, the single strap and the weird, like, fluorescent neon-looking design on it. I don't know. That was the vibe I got. But with all the magic, she ends up... She ends up giving Romy her tail back and Nori's wings back. And instead of, like, a wand, she just... Has magic hands, baby! Magic hands. And magic. we get that magic, magic song for a, a third thrice time. time. Third time. In, in our they just day. thought that, man, this beat is so fire. This song slaps so goddamn hard. We're gonna, we're just gonna give it to these kids three times. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, great. like it's okay. They they were like we could only pay the songwriter to write these many songs. Okay. Oh, that that actually sounds a lot more feasible. So because of we that, we can just make new lyrics each time it comes back, <laughs> and we'll be good. Exactly. Uh, but because of that, Alexa is gonna go home, and she promises to visit again. I guess maybe that was supposed to be like a sequel hook. In case, but judging by this movie, yeah, probably didn't. Also, we learn after she leaves that apparently the king and queen of this kingdom, uh, Princess Malusha's parents, they were just like away during this happened. During yeah. when this happened, and when they get back, they're like, "Did you try to take over the kingdom again?" No. She's like, yeah. 
So apparently Are you this sure? is just a, maybe a little and it's like what? Yeah, is so it, the king and queen are enablers in this yeah, scenario. Like there's no like she doesn't look like you would think that like Malusha would be given an arc, like we mentioned earlier, make her somewhat parallel to Alexa. It's just something that could distinguish her, but no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Apparently this is something that just happens often. Yeah, like I guess that's why the citizens of Zinnia are, are always courted up to this one secret grove, because apparently I guess every every time the king and queen go off on a vacation, they gotta just deal with this little shit, like, nearly destroying everything, I guess. Oh god. It really is, uh, really just shows how foolproof the monarchy system is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. They just live on the whims of this insane ten-year-old. Y- yep. <laughs> like, I don't know oh. why they went with that angle, but yeah. Also, are the blue dudes, okay, are they, like, willing servants to these people? Because they don't, don't seem know. like it. They seem like slaves. But by the <laughs> end, I guess they're okay with this. Like, I guess the only- It's best, just just, just don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Just move You're past. You're the one that brought it up. You know, I, I, it was my mistake. So, but either way, so the main plot of the movie is, like, over. Yeah. But we still, for some reason, like, have, like, ten minutes of content <laughs> Ten minutes of In this very most... bare-bones movie. Oh my god, this, these last ten minutes were torture. We gotta see that she's confident now, so she gives her speech. Yep. And she goes to the ball and she yep. talks to Kenbo and gets like one line <laughs> gets in this one movie. one line and zero personality. Easily yeah. the, mo- the worst hem- Kenbo we've seen this far. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not as bad as the twin brothers from uh, Diamond Castle. Okay, though. fair, but those those dudes were not He gets love off interest. the hook by just not being present, <laughs> so... Fair enough. But later that night, um, she performs in front of everyone by first doing the traditional waltz and then leaving to do the modern dance sequence. She gets sequence. to do the Cupid shuffle with her friends. Cha cha slide, baby. Get a little bit of that soldier boy in there as well. Yeah. Crank it. You. Crank. God. Oh God, and uh, she is. And to quote, I'm just gonna end off this summary by reading from the wiki. Later that night, Alexa performs in front of everyone at the royal ball. She is no longer shy and is happy that she is a princess, which I guess implies that she was not happy about being a princess earlier. Because she has responsibility yeah. and she has to do things sometimes. Like, and to end like, this isn't something we mention in every movie, but like, literally every single one of these movies has a little quote that will be like, that is supposed to be, I guess, the moral of this. And for this one, it's like, you never know what you can do unless you try, which I don't know. Did you think that was a theme that was present in this? I Well, I feel like that's what they were trying to go with, but it just feels like 
she never really actually has to earn anything in this movie yeah. so she gets help every step of the way and uh never really has to struggle and um no well, i don't know it's just it's it just wasn't a good time really this movie it was honestly not very good which was disappointing but, yeah um, it's like man bring me back to like pearl princess last week you know at least that had some more interesting stuff to talk about. This movie was just like 90% padding. Like, you had this cool fantasy world yeah. and you didn't do anything interesting with it. Why? I don't understand. Yeah. So that's the movie. Yeah. Is it the worst one we've watched so far, Emma? I mean, I wouldn't call it the worst one, but maybe just like... It's definitely the least good. Yeah, definitely like the least substantial. Like, I don't know. It just... It felt very empty. Yeah, it. this was probably the most like one that just felt so blatantly like this is just a commercial for a product. You know? Yeah. There's no soul to this because the creator's clearly didn't seem to care and i can't say i blame them because this feels like this was created under very specific circumstances with a very specific goal of pushing certain products and yeah it's just not a good time just just like watch i don't know which barbie movie would you propose as an anna like an antidote to this um honestly i would say the pink shoe is since it kind of has yeah, a similar just, thing just of like going this into one. a magic that... world or yeah, maybe the that... first nutcracker movie too yes like i feel like those two movies like just like the whole plot of like oh i went to a magical world to be, learn to be more confident that's it's a standard like just because something is formulaic doesn't inherently mean it's bad but it's how you utilize that formula and the ways that it's executed. And in terms of this one, like, like, uh, to quote overly sarcastic productions, look up on them on YouTube, they're good. Uh, tropes are meant to be a narrative shortcut so that you can get to the parts of the story that you're more interested in getting into. And if you make a story just completely built on these tropes with all shortcuts, you just end up getting a straight line that ends up feeling very direct in terms of like, all right, we hit this narrative point, we hit this narrative point, and now we're done. Yeah, it's kind of like, it felt like this movie couldn't even really do like a basic like hero's journey type structure. Yeah, like, like they did it, the bare bone version of it, but nothing yeah it just that makes it felt very cool. it just felt very empty honestly Indeed. that's a feeling i ain't even mad i just feel empty inside yeah i guess credit to this it's it didn't offend me like princess charm school or uh thumbelina or the barbie diaries yeah yeah um, i don't know but, um, that's the movie uh what ooh. what rating do you give this movie i i give this movie 
one crushed soul out of five. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I give this thing just a bag of stench weed because <laughs> this movie makes me wish that I had some. Oh, God. Even though I, listener, if you cannot tell by my voice, I am not a person that partakes in those sort of substance. I really am not. Anyway. Yeah, so thank you for listening to this one. This is a... Yeah. Man, we need we need a good one of these to really lift up the spirits. Which one are we seeing next? The next one... Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Emma. Oh, no. It's... Well, the next movie is released in 2015, and you know what that means. The Avengers was released three years ago. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. For our 29th Barbie movie, we are going to be following Princess Kara as she becomes the princess of power. No, not that one. And in Barbie, princess power. So we got a superhero movie next. That'll be so interesting. Yeah. You know what? I will say this. Uh, it is. I expect it to definitely be a uh, a departure from the sort of stuff that we've been seeing so far. I mean, I guess we'll just have to see. I guess so. Well, at least until then. Um. Hey, listener, thank you very much for listening and supporting us. Uh, If you enjoy the work that we're doing, uh, there are a couple things you could do. First things first, you could give us an old follow on the Twitters, at PinkOwPod. And these past couple of weeks, we've been actually getting a lot of nice, positive uh, responses from some of you guys. So that's been very much appreciated. And in addition to that, we, uh, well, at least I, if you want to support me, uh, you can follow, also follow me on Twitter at Kathman Henry or support my Patreon, patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. Chuck a dollar a month, get these episodes early and some bonus content that we done did. Yeah. So I'm out. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. At, at least when we're recording, uh, where can people read your work? Uh, yeah, I work for The Shield at uh, the University of Southern Indiana. Yeah. My stuff can be found online. Yeah. I write articles. Yeah. But who knows what I'll be doing by the time this episode comes out. Well, I, knowing how good of a writer you are, I'm sure you're doing a lot of great things. No. Thank you. But yeah, um, oh, and aside from that, um, you can also follow me on uh, my portfolio Tumblr, uh, henrycathman.tumblr.com, where you can see all the stuff I done do on the internet in one place, including stuff from my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash henrycathman. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's time for us to exit through this secret door. 
I'm very much. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I'm very much, very much like this movie. I feel like we've left very little impact upon the world that this film created. Oh wow! Which feels very appropriate. Isn't that the feeling, huh? Oh, man. Gotta think of some other way to make this not be a downer ending. Um. Well, what's a what's a good thing that's happened in the world right now, Henry? Oh, I'll tell you one good thing. Uh, what? <laughs> because we finished this movie, we never have to see those little bouncy things again. Oh God, you're right. That's a truly positive note to end on. Although, we will never have to watch or talk about this movie again. True. But also, Emma, I think I mm-hmm. cracked the code on something. Okay. Those little uh, bouncy things. Mm-hmm. I think they're puffballs, which mean no. they're the progeny of Bibble. No. <laughs> no. I'm a boo. No. Right to see my spot. No. Goodbye, no. everyone. No.